Welcome into the His and Hers podcast. I'm Zach Ben alongside my sister Paige. And today we have a wonderful episode for you previewing NFL week four, all the matchups and our predictions for who we think will win each game. That's next here on the His and Hers podcast. Alrighty, here we are. It is already week four, 28th of September. The Lions go into Lambeau and beat down, and I mean beat down, the Green Bay Packers. It was a 27-3 lead at the half. The Packers score a couple touchdowns in the second half to make it a little bit more of a competitive game, but overall, a pretty convincing win by Dan Campbell and the squad. Now with two really impressive road wins in places that they previously never would have won, but are now 2-0 in an arrowhead and now Lambeau. What do you make of the Lions page? Is this a statement win for them as the new kings of the North? Yeah, I mean, obviously an impressive show by the Lions. I don't know if we can call them the kings of the North until we see them up against the other division rivals. But a really great, I mean, it's just crazy that the Lions are sitting top of the NFC North at three and one. Uh, it's just wild. Just not something that anyone is used to. So happy for those Lions fans right now. I'm always, there's no one, there's no team that I like work less than the Packers. So I'm always happy to see them lose. Yeah, it's funny, a divisional game for us as Viking fans, you, you usually are in a lose-lose situation. but. Again, it's the lesser of two evils. Seeing the lines be good is something that we've never had to witness. No one's really ever had to witness. And so uh, I will say that if the Lions, and I don't think they're a Super Bowl team this year, but they do look really good. But if the Lions won a Super Bowl before the Vikings, I would just hang up all fandom and find another sport to watch because but it's time to retire. That would be that would be devastating to me as a Vikings fan. But Overall, really impressive win. They Ben Johnson's going to be a head coach next year. Kirk Herbstreit said it on the broadcast really well. Next year's crop of quarterbacks is there's a lot of them, and uh, there's going to be a lot of quarter or teams replacing some of their quarterbacks with these highly touted prospects. And when you do that, you want to pair them with a guy who just recently revived Jared Goff's career. I'll never ever forget when he got traded. It just seemed like. Man, he's he's the cap hit. They had to give up picks to get rid of him. And now he is a QB1 and playing really, really well. Uh, and, you know, probably the perfect quarterback for that Lions team. So good for him. But, yeah, Ben Johnson running that offense, power run game, play action, designing it to Jared Goff's strength. He's going to be uh, the next, I guess, big name. He's already been kind of floated around, but he's definitely going to be hired next year as a head coach. Yeah, and I mean, even from the flip side, like the Packers, like you've seen them obviously a come from behind win last week and then got down down 27-3 at the half, but then they're able to climb back into that game in the third quarter, give themselves a chance in the fourth quarter to kind of get closer. The Lions were obviously the better team, but I think as a Packers fan, you've got to be excited about what you're seeing with Jordan Love and what he's building over there in Green Bay. Absolutely. So now we're going to jump to the action in week two. And some of these games Week four. Week four. 
I have no idea where we can. I just, you know, I wish we were back in week two. This is already week four. I'm getting scared. We're in October. When Sunday kicks off, it'll be October 1st. Uh, some of these will buzz through because they're just not that good of games. We can already tell, but uh, we'll, we'll give our thoughts on them regardless. So the first one, the first international game, first one in London. So I think on the West, on like our coast, we're in the Mountain Standard Time. It's like a 7.30 kick. 6.30 a.m. 6.30, even earlier. Holy cow. Uh, so 6.30 a.m. if you're in the Mountain Standard Time. Um, the Falcons have played in London twice. And the Jaguars are kind of that team. They've always been flirted with being if the NFL went international, Shad Khan, he'd be the guy to take him international. They've played in London nine straight times. So this is probably as real of a home game that it gets for a franchise uh, that it does for Jacksonville there so page the falcons just coming off a loss in detroit to the lions um the jaguars at one and two coming off very disappointing back-to-back week scoring only nine points against the chiefs only 17 points against the texans the texans giving up a kickoff return to a fullback the heaviest play to ever return a kickoff for a touchdown do the jaguars or the falcons bounce back and pick up a win across the sea Yeah, I like things on both of these teams, but last week was a game for Jacksonville that was literally like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. I mean, listen to these stats. They had 404 yards of offense. They only punted twice, but they only had 17 points because they had a missed field goal, a blocked field goal, two turnovers, a failed fourth down conversion, a ton of drops, a ton of penalties. They gave up the kickoff return that you mentioned. It was basically like everything that could happen badly for the Jacksonville Jaguars did. And yet they were still able to get 400 yards of offense. They're still able to get 17 points. And so I think you're going to see them clean that up this week. And I think you're going to see the Jaguars come out on this. I think that they're more likely and have a bigger need to bounce back this week than the Falcons do. I also think that the Jaguars kind of been having gone nine straight seasons like that organization is just a little bit more fine tuned in on how to deal with overseas travel when it comes to playing football on Sunday. So I think it's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars on top this week. Yeah, I think between these two, uh, I'm going to have to go with the Jaguars as well. I just have a hard time believing a team that you know had an impressive week one against the Indianapolis Colts is going to lose three in, a row, three in a row. So I'm going to take the Jaguars as well. The surprise, a couple surprise teams, the Rams have lost a couple as of late, but the Colts sitting at 2-1 and one, last week going into Baltimore in kind of a knockout drag out where Matt Gay ruled the day, hit a game winner. Uh, and the Rams, after picking up an impressive week one win, have lost a couple, but have also the two have been tough games against the 49ers and against the Bengals and played both of them really, really tough throughout most of it. Who do you think will pick up the win in this matchup, the Rams or the Colts? Um, I'm taking the Rams in this one. I think that the Rams have had a tougher schedule than the Colts have had. And I just think that we've seen a lot of promising things from Stafford and company. Um, so yeah, I think that you're going to see the Rams out on top. This one, it sounds like Richardson is going to be back from concussion protocol this week, which will be really good for the Colts. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to trust. I don't think that you're going to see, obviously the Rams have had some O-line issues specifically with some injuries that have made it really difficult for Matthew Stafford to have any time in the pocket and any time to do anything with the ball. But I think you're going to see them clean that up this week. Trust Sean McVay to make those decisions. And yeah, I'm going to take the Rams in this one. I'm going to take the Colts. Um, so back-to-back disagreements to start. 
Well, I guess we agreed on the Jaguars. Excuse me. Um, reason being, Anthony Richardson's going to be back dynamic uh, in his short time. You could see the spark that he provides. But my main reason, going back to what you said, the offensive line started to wear down against the Bengals. The Bengals were able to punish them, be very um, disruptive in their pass rush. And I think DeForest Buckner and company are going to be able to do a lot of the same things against them to make Matthew Stafford uncomfortable, disrupt that quick passing game, pick up the win. So I'm going cold. The next one is the AFC North showdown. I saw a crazy stat about the Cleveland Browns. They are hosting the Ravens in four. They've only given up 21 first downs the entire season. So in three games, very like not that and to put that into context, the Eagles in the week two matchup against the Minnesota Vikings got 24 first downs the entire game. So the Browns have given up. An insane amount. I think the closest to them, I can't remember what the second place team was, but they were at 49, I believe. So over it's double. 20 fewer than any other team. The Browns yes. are ahead. Oh, look, there you go. Uh, you have that written out. I, I thought I was being all impressive with my own stat, but you had no, the stat I, outlined already. Look at I that. already got that stat there. So impressive amount of uh, has been shown to the defense. And that's why in the beginning of the season, I just thought that they were going to be one of the teams in at the end. And I still believe so. Deshaun Watson played his best game of his Cleveland Brown career last week. And I think that continues at home. And with all of the injuries, it's just weird that we can say this year after year, after year, after year on the Ravens. And it's always true, but with all the injuries that have stockpiled up on both sides of the ball, I'm going to have to go with the Browns. Great defense. They'll frustrate uh, Lamar Jackson cause havoc and it looks like Deshaun Watson if any if last week was any indication it's starting to pick up what Kevin Stefanski wants to do and getting a little more comfortable in that offense yeah I we're going to disagree on this one I this one I go back and forth with so I'll probably change my mind five times by the time Sunday kicks off so who knows where I'll end ultimately but I'm going to take the Ravens on this one for a couple different things one the Ravens are 12 and 2 against the spread as underdogs with Jackson so I just like those odds for them um and also, I just don't think I don't trust that Deshaun Watson is going to have that same type of performance two weeks in a row. Like, I just don't think we've seen that in him for a long time. And so I think you're going to see a little bit of regress that way. I think the Ravens are going to come out with um, a lot of defensive schemas to kind of shut down what Deshaun Watson was able to do last week. So you'll kind of see the Ravens defense stepping up in that realm. And I just love Lamar Jackson in this. I think the Browns defense is obviously something to be reckoned with, but I think that how mobile Lamar Jackson is. He's going to be able to escape the likes of Miles Garrett quicker than other quarterbacks have been able to do so. And so right now I'm saying Ravens. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all of that. Except you I don't just, because you win otherwise. But I just think the Browns defense is better. I just think that yeah. they're elite. Their defense is insane. Yeah. Miles Garrett and uh, the signing of Zadarius Smith is proving to be a really good one, or I guess what? the tra trade for Zadarius Smith, excuse me, um, seems to be panning out pretty well for him. We have two matchups. So there's four 0-3 teams in the NFL left. Uh, so I guess four winless teams left. And they, what a nice group to be a part of. The four of them happen to play each other. So the Vikings play in Carolina against the Panthers, both 0-3, but both with different types of talents. Um, and, and expectations coming into the season. Seems like Bryce Young is going to be back, the number one overall pick by the Panthers. 
And the Vikings coming off three straight one-score losses, uh, three straight games where they probably should have won. They have the passing leader in both yardage and touchdowns. They have the receiving yards leader and the tied for the sack lead in Daniel Hunter. But they can't stop turning the ball over. Paige, do the Vikings go into Carolina, pick up their first win against a Adam Thielen-led Carolina Pan? Well, listen, the Vikings are making us all look like fools. I've selected them to win every week in their 0-3, so it probably seems like I should just go ahead and choose the Panthers because maybe that'll swing the odds back in the Vikings' favor. Um, But I'm going to take the Vikings in this matchup. I just don't think that as unlucky as they have been in the last three games and with some really weird decision-makings and the turnovers, like at one point it has to swing the other way, and I just think that it has to do that this week. Um, I also just don't think the Carolina defense is going to be able to put as much pressure on Kirk Cousins as the uh, Eagles and uh, Chargers were able to do. And so I'm going to take the Vikings in this one because I think that the Vikings offense is going to be able to outpace the the Carolina defense. Yeah, not much to add there. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson connection. Kirk uh, Jefferson about averaging about 150 yards per game. I think that continues this week. And they win and hopefully win convincingly or else I'm going to start to believe that nothing is going to happen this year. <laughs> we have a matchup between two AFC teams that have gotten off to slow starts compared to where they would like to be. The Bengals are in Tennessee to play the Titans, both one and two to start the season. I saw a stat. The Dolphins, let me see if it's in here. Okay, it's not. So I can take this one and credit myself. <laughs> The Dolphins last week had 700 yards of offense, 726, I believe. That was more than the Tennessee Titans have had all year. Just kind of a wild little nugget of information for you. So Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill hasn't looked that good. Uh, and the team itself, obviously, they're tough-nosed, and Mike Vrabel has them playing competitively. But I have the Bengals going in and beating them. I think overall they'll just be able to – I think it's going to be close, and I and I coin flip this game for one of the pickums I do just because I do – you know, I could see every scenario where the Titans win because of Jeffrey Simmons and that defense making Joe Burrow uncomfortable with his calf injury. But I think overall they have too many weapons, and I just – if I have to – if you know, when it comes down to it, if I'm looking at Joe Burrow and I'm looking at Ryan Tannehill, even though one is injured, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow over Ryan Tannehill to lead his team to the win. Really when you need it because – I mean, two and two versus one and three, you're, you know, you're starting to let the season slip away pretty bad. Yeah, agreed. Obviously a huge win for Cincinnati on Monday night um, to get themselves not in that 0-3 deficit. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, they managed just 94 yards of offense last week, and they only had six first downs total, which is like an insane stat to me. So I think that there's an opportunity for this to be a closer game. I think you're, I trust Mike Babrell and his coaching ability. And so I think you're going to see them make some adjustments so that this game is a lot closer than the text, than the Tennessee and Cleveland game was, but I'm also, I'm going to take Bengals in this one as well, mostly just because like, this is kind of like a need to win for the Bengals. Cause they've got to stay in that matchup. They've got to stay at least like in the 500 range um, over the next month and just hope that Joe Burrow's healthy by mid November. That's really that's really to the extent that they got to get as, as many wins as they can pick up while he is not feeling well. 
the better. We have an a- NFC South matchup between two uh, two and one teams. The Buccaneers travel to New Orleans in a pivotal AFC or NFC South matchup. The Saints. Have we heard an update on Derek Carr? Is he going to be playing this week? Do you know? I haven't it's really. Everything I've heard sounds like Wins- Jameis Winston is going to be starting QB on Sunday. Okay. So Jameis Winston going in uh, to face the old squad. Um, the Buccaneers coming off a kind of, I guess, a reset loss, you know, flying high after beating the Vikings and the Bears and then kind of getting told on Monday Night Football. You're not in the same league as some of the teams up at the top, like the Philadelphia Eagles. But who in this matchup picks up the winch page, the Buccaneers or the Saints? I like the Saints defense in this one. Honestly, I think Jameis Winston and Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield are pretty comparable quarterbacks. Um, there's not a huge amount of difference to me in skill level or in game ability. And so I think that the offenses are going to look, you know, I think you'll see some nice catches and some runs from Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, but I'm ultimately going to go with the Saints defense being the one that steps up in this game and determines the winning. Yeah, not much to add. I think it really just comes down to a wash of quarterback, a wash on the rest of the team's talent. I think both these teams are very evenly matched, so I'm just going to go with the home team to get it done. That's in essence, and I think it'll be close. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think 17-14 would be 20-17 to 17 would be kind of a score I'd predict. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go with the Saints at home to pick up the win as well. The Dolphins uh, coming off a 70-point drubbing of the Denver Broncos. This is one of the games of the week. I think probably the best game of the week. Yeah, I would, I would, I would be very comfortable to say that. Why? They should don't be just... Sunday night football. They should flex it. I was about to say why they don't let flaxing happen is the moment that stuff populates is beyond me. But Dolphins, Bills, both coming off great, you know, Bills back to back great weeks, just blowing out a couple bad teams. The Dolphins obviously off to the hot start, hot, hot start. Where do you see this one going, Paige? Is this one a shootout of epic proportions? Or do the Dolphins come back down to earth a little bit and it ends up being a, a Bills win. Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins are not uh, playing the Broncos this week, so I don't think they're going to get up to 70 points, but I think it will be, both teams will be in the 30 range, um, probably like 35, 31. Um, an interesting stat for you, the Bills have played 40 games over the past three seasons, and there's only two teams that have beaten them more, by more than a touchdown. That was the Bengals and the Colts. So just a really interesting stat. Like, it's super impressive um, from a Bills organization that they're in their games they are not getting blown out so there I don't think there's any way to think that the Dolphins are going to be able to go in there and win by 50 points um and so a part of me wants to think that this is like kind of the settling game for the Dolphins like they just had a huge emotional major win and potentially see them very similar to what the Cowboys happened with the Cardinals where they go in and they're just kind of like not as focused as they should be feeling a little bit too high and mighty So I think there's an opportunity for the Bills to win, but it's just difficult to dismiss what we've seen from the Miami Dolphins offense. So I'm ultimately going to choose the Dolphins in this matchup because I just have to believe in them and I'm liking what they're doing. And I think that between their defense and their offense, they could really get some things cooking. And I think there's a few things that could be ironed out on the Bills side. 
Yeah, obviously they uh, they played three times last year, being division rivals, played twice, and then played in the AFC wildcard game. And with, I don't even remember who the quarterback was, but it was the third-string quarterback who started for the Dolphins in that playoff game. And I remember in the third quarter, Josh Allen was stripped, and they and the uh, the Dolphins recovered it in the end zone. All of a sudden, it was 24-20. to 20. The Dolphins were ahead in a playoff game, and they ended up losing. But, you know, that was kind of the last time that they saw each other. This is big for the Dolphins to be able to play in Buffalo when it's probably going to be 75 degrees, sunny, and, you know, really good football weather as opposed to, the, you know, the last couple of times I played them when it's cold. And I remember, like, the December game, it was snowy. And, you know, I don't care how, how much you try to get used to it. If you live in a warm climate almost all the time, going up somewhere where it's cold and playing a football game, it's going to be tough to do. And so they get them at a good time. I could see the Dolphins winning. I'm going to go with the Bills. I just believe in Josh Allen. I think this is a type of game where he puts himself back into the rifle conversation of one of the best, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Patrick Mahomes will obviously have that crown for the next 15 years, but I think he's going to make some big plays. I think he'll be able to pace them in points. And ultimately I think the Bills will pick up the win at home in this pivotal week four. The, um, you can believe this if you want to, but the shit bowl of the week, the Broncos at the Bears, I think probably the 32nd team and the 31st team in the league. The Broncos got their butts kicked 70 to 20. And that is, you know, pretty bad. That's really bad, actually. But the Bears said, you know what? We're not very good either. And they got their absolute butts handed to them by the Chiefs. I'm trying to remember what the exact score was, Paige. Um, where was it at? Chiefs, Bears. I wonder. 41 to 10. It was a couple late touchdowns. I remember it got up to 41 nothing. But anyway, Taylor Swift is not going to be there to watch this. But who do you got in this one? It's in Chicago. The Broncos traveling there. How many people do you think are going to be watching this? I mean, this is the worst game by far of the NFL season so far. Yeah, I mean, unless you're a Broncos or Bears fan, I don't think that uh, really anyone's going to be tuning into this one unless maybe they'll surprise us. There's going to be a lot of red zone action on this one, so more people are watching it than you think. But uh, Chicago, not good. Not a lot of good things. Uh, Eberflus is not the guy. Justin Fields doesn't seem like the guy and they're on a 13 game losing streak worst in the NFL uh, in the amount of time in that, in that losing streak, every other team in the NFL has won at least three games. <laughs> and so it's just not looking good, not looking good for the bears. So I'm, I'm going to take the Broncos in this one. I, I trust that a little bit more, although I don't trust either. I'm going to go Broncos, too. The only thing I'll say about the Bears is after watching what the Dolphins did, and if you struggle on offense against that Broncos defense, then there's no hope for you the rest of the year. I just yeah. want you to know that. <laughs> and I know, listen, people would be like, wow, you're really harsh on this 0-3 matchup, but you weren't that harsh on the Viking uh, Panthers, okay? I understand that one's not a good game either. Not a lot of people are going to be watching it, except for the fact that we're the best wide receiver in the league, okay? And the passing yards leader, and the you know, listen, Jay Jettis the, forever. If the Vikings do anything, that game's going to be fun to watch. 
Okay, that's what I said about the Chargers game. I didn't understand why it was an 11, buried at the 11 o'clock window. Because the Vikings, if they do anything, they play great, fun football. For they keep the it general close. Pub, the general public. They okay? keep you on the edge of your seat till the very end. This one, the Broncos Bears, it could be a 41-10 blowout either way. Like, you could tell me the other team beats the other one by 30, and I'd be like, yeah, the, the other team's pretty bad. So, <laughs> it makes sense. Commanders in Philadelphia. So, I'm really hoping the Commanders win because I'm in a pick em survivor pool, um, and I'm riding with the Niners this week. But a lot of people have the Eagles. Uh, which I think, so there's like 81 people left. It started off at, um, I believe, like 150 people. And this down to 80, and this would shave off another 25 people if the commanders were able to pull off this upset. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Eagles win. Uh, I just think they're just a really annoying team in the fact that they control the ball unlike any team I've seen. They have the ball, it feels like, for seven, eight minutes at a time. And that when you have a quarterback like Sam Howell, basically a rookie, and all of a sudden he goes three and out, and he goes uh, you know twenty you know twelve minutes without the ball, and then he's going to start to press, you know turnover happen, and all of a sudden the game's out of hand. So I'm going Philadelphia. Page, do you see any way that the Commanders correct their ship after a beat down by the Bills and get to three and one? I mean, there's always a way. I don't think we've seen like. I still, as much as the Eagles are, they're obviously three and zero. They're an incredible team, but I also like. It's like everybody knows the Eagles are not playing their best football right now. I think that's a pretty consistent message from Eagles fans all the way up to NFL analysts of like we're not seeing the best Eagles football. It's looked messy. The offense has looked out of rhythm. So I think that there's a chance like Eagles are going to have a game here soon where they lose, and it's like if I they lose to the Commanders, I won't be shocked. But my thing is, is that last week, Sam Howell was sacked nine times and Washington turned the ball over five times. Yeah. And I, Jalen Carter, like, I'm sorry. I just, I'm worried about Sam Howell in this game. Like, yes. So yeah, I'm good. I'm taking the Eagles on this one. I think they're probably going to win by two scores or more and they're going to be, the game's going to be over halfway through the third. The Steelers traveled to Houston, uh, two, one and two teams. Kenny Pickett and CJ Stroud face off for the first time. Let's see. I I don't know, Paige. This one's I think this one's more of a toss-up than people think. The Texans have really been in both the games. I guess they got their butts kicked by the Colts, but they went into to Jacksonville and laid the smack down on them. Was that them just kind of having Jacksonville's number? Or is that a sign that D'Amico Ryans has this team right in the ship? And C.J. Stroud, who has not yet thrown a pick, are for real and end up being the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And what many would kind of call an, like an upset, kind of at least a surprise. What do you think, Paige? Yeah, I'm obviously we're really liking what C.J. Stroud is doing with the Texans. And I think the Texans are moving in the right direction. I think my one concern for and why I'm why I'm choosing the Steelers in this game is simply T.J. Watt. Like. I just think that TJ Watt and the Steelers defense against a rookie quarterback um, is going to help them pull this one out, especially because it's not only a rookie quarterback, but his offensive line is a little bit banged up right now. They've got some injuries on the Texans offense that I think are going to aid the Steelers. So 
I mean, the one thing working against the Steelers, they just came off a Monday night football game, had weird issues with the plane coming home. So they lost today and then they have to travel again. And so it's like you could see them being a little bit less prepared. But yeah, I'm I'm going to go on this simply because of TJ Watt. But I would choose I would choose CJ Stroud over Kenny Pickett. And that's where my pick's going to go. I just have not been impressed with anything that Kenny Pickett has done so far this year. I've watched, you know, I watched that Monday night football game where they won a football game and they didn't run a play inside the 30 all night. That makes no sense to me. And uh, and then that Sunday night football game, if Jimmy G just throws it to the right team most of the time, except through three interceptions, then they're in that game as well and probably win. Um, and so I'm going to go with the Texans at home. I just I really like what CJ Stroud does, and I think he ends up picking up the win. The Chargers coming off a crazy game where they ended up holding at the goal line to beat the Vikings seem to, you know, Justin Herbert has been off to an unbelievable start this season, has like a 74% completion percentage, hasn't thrown an interception yet. And ultimately, even though they're one and two, has really shown growth in, in the Kellamore offense and in his ability to be an elite quarterback. I'm picking them to beat the Raiders at home, and I think it'll be relatively easy. I saw a stat that Joshua Daniels and the Raiders are running the 31st least place. So they run like 55.3, and then the only team worse than them is the Jets, like 55.1 or something. So they have this offensive guru and bringing in a guy like Garoppolo, who's supposedly very smart and decisive and game manager and a winner. Has not worked, but backfired. Paige, do you see any way that the Raiders go in and beat the Los Angeles Chargers? No, I'm I'm choosing the Chargers in this one. I think they have the momentum. I think they have the better offense, and I don't think that the Raiders have a defense that can necessarily like stop the the Chargers' offense. Um, and mostly just because like Josh McDaniels, I don't think he's a great coach. I think that his decision last week to kick a field goal on fourth and four from the Steelers' eight yard line was just a ridiculous coaching decision. And so I'm going to choose the chargers in this one. I like it. We agree on that one. Uh, Cardinals at 49s Cardinals beat the boys at home and they almost beat the giants. So they could be two and one, one and two going into Levi stadium. Do you have the Niners rolling or do you have the cars picking up back-to-back week of upsets over the top two teams in the NFC? Niners roll. Yeah. I don't think that the cards are going to have that type of luck to beat the Cowboys and the 49ers in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, I think the Niners have a way of suffocating you. And then just, I mean, I, I really, I, I can't say this enough. Okay, the team, the team around the Niners is unbelievable, but I am not a Brock Purdy guy. Okay, I'm so sick of hearing about how good of a Stop it. Just root for Brock Purdy. I don't care to. I root don't, for. I, no. Root no. for him. You can't make me. I don't think he's that good, but the team itself, really, really good. Uh, so we both take the Niners in that one. Patriots at Cowboys, speaking of the team who just lost to the Cardinals, do they bounce back, pick up a win against Ezekiel Elliott and the New England Patriots? They're bouncing back. Bounce back. Boys with the win. Last week took an L, but tonight the bounce back. Right? I think it's going to be a low-score game because I think uh-huh. you've got two incredible defense, two great defenses going against each other. But I think the Cowboys are going to pull this win out. She's ill. You talk about great defense, and they couldn't even stop the Cardinals. I mean, I agree with you. 
they had two great weeks, and it's hard to continue to do that in the NFL. But man, they got torched by the Cardinals. They got torched by Josh. Yeah, Dobbs. I know. I know. But my thing is, is that Micah Parsons was silent last Sunday, and I don't think you'll see Micah Parsons be silent two weeks in a row. Yeah, I agree. He's gonna have a chip on his shoulder, and he's gonna come out, and he's gonna hit somebody hard. Yep, hard for me to ever believe that uh, Mac Jones is gonna really evolve into someone who can go into a place like that and win a game. So I'm going with the Cowboys as well. Sunday night football is a snoozer. If you are a loving husband or wife that their significant other has been wondering if they can spend a Sunday night with you, I promise you this is the week to do it. I probably will still watch, but I'm a sicko. The Chiefs go into New Jersey to play the Jets. Taylor Swift will even attendance. Other than that, Paige, is there any reason you're going to be, be watching? I mean, it's f- Sunday Night Football, so, like, it'll be on. But the Chiefs are going to win, replace Zach Wilson, 2023. He's not the guy. He's never going to be the guy. He's never going to develop into the guy. And I'm honestly just confused. Like, I get a lot of the reasons why the Jets aren't, but it's also like, go out and get somebody. Yeah. Such a tough situation there, put in. I read a couple things today that it ultimately came down to Woody Johnson, the owner, is like, well, I gave up millions. I've, you know, I've done all this with Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to invest anymore in the quarterback position. But, you know, by going and getting more draft capital on a on a Tannehill or, you know, floating around with the cousins. So I, I, I just think I just that- I just don't know if there is a worse quarterback in the history of the NFL who has gotten as many chances as Zach Wilson has gotten. Yeah, they brought in Trevor Simeon. This week, he's been uh, been practicing, getting ready. But, I mean, if that's what you're bringing in, ooh, you know what I mean? Trevor's that's tough. Fancy. All right, the last game of the week, the Seattle Seahawks travel to New uh, New Jersey. So they, they host the primetime game again in back-to-back weeks. What a come-up for New York area. Do you have the Seattle picking up the win, traveling coast-to-coast, coast, or do you see the Giants? Getting back on track and let, come, coming back to two and two. Well, let me just give you my favorite stat that I learned this week. It's my favorite stat of the last couple of weeks, to be honest. The Giants have been outscored by 57 points in first halves this season. That's the worst first half point differential through three weeks by any team since at least 2000. So they're just setting records left and right, this Giants team. Um, but I'm going to take the Seahawks in this one. I don't. I have no faith or trust at all in Daniel Jones as a quarterback. And I just think that he's not going to be able to keep pace with Geno Smith in the game. Like, so I think you'll see the Seahawks run away with this one. I think it will be a relatively easy win for the Seahawks, especially without a Saquon Barkley on the. Yeah, I think I'm just going to zag on this one. I agree with you and I'm probably going to be wrong, but I just think Brian Dayball is a really good coach. And I, I think, He's had the last time they played was on Thursday uh, over a week, you know, a week ago. So on the 21st and they're going to play on October 2nd, a coach to have that amount of time and to be able to dedicate his offensive game plan to what Seattle doesn't do well, I think lends itself to, to an opportunity where they can maybe right some of their wrongs with what they've done to start. the year. So I'm just going to go with the giants at home. Um, I don't like it. He's changing, not, he's changing his little tune tune from the Giants. Well, I still think they stink. I just, <laughs> you know, you got to have some surprises in there week to week. Not everything, That's is, true. Not everything is flush. Somebody's going to upset somebody. 
What if the Jets beat the Chiefs? How funny would that be? You know, that would be on brand, actually. That would be. Awesome page, week four preview. Any other thoughts you have about the uh, slate of games? No, uh, it's been a weird year. Uh, my picks have not been great. So just hoping that I can get in a better football mindset, and make better decisions moving forward. I couldn't say better myself. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of His Podcast. And it's a week four preview. We will have our pre- uh, review pod of all this action on Sunday night, Monday morning. So make sure to check it out. Share with your friends. Subscribe. Leave a five-star review. And again, thanks for listening.